third and final hour here on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNHradio.com. Ashish Sharma, Dave Pollard, and Mark Lozell taking you up till 2 p.m. this afternoon. We've got yep. five questions coming up at 1.20 with yours truly. We've been sort of all over the place today. We talked a little bit about Pablo Sandoval in the opening. Got to Gordon Hayward and the Celtics. LeBron James potentially skipping town in the year. We talked about the ESPYs with Peyton Manning hosting. Yep. Um, look, football season is almost upon us, right? Two weeks from now, training camp will commence for the Patriots. Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm very excited <laughs> to get back wait, into football. Because this is the dark time for sports. Yeah, uh, well, Dead zone. Not necessarily. Totally. I mean, the trade deadline coming up, too. Like we, We're kind of moving into that part of the year where you've got... <laughs> remember a couple years ago where we had it's that epic trade right deadline? Now. Remember when we had that epic trade deadline a couple years ago where John Lester and David Price and all these other guys were on the move? Yeah, the most epic baseball baseball deadline is still not even as cool as, like, the worst preseason football game to me. I I disagree. I think the – I mean, like, look, preseason, it's the same way for me every year. I get super amped for game one of the preseason, and then after about three minutes of the first quarter, I'm like, oh. Yeah, pre-season. but it, I think it's a good time to sort of get our feet wet here. Yeah, you uh, wanted to talk about the Bruce Arians thing. Yes, there was a there was a very interesting story uh, coming out of the Cardinals camp recently that made me laugh a lot, and it and it got me thinking about the Patriots and the way that they just sort of ruin teams. <laughs> they do, you know, they, <laughs> they just. Do. And there's get, something I already about know. them. I already know. Like, yeah. Okay. So, something about so them. let's I get hate. let's get to what Arian said. Okay. He was asked about uh, what what he thought was the biggest reason for the Cardinals' lack of success in 2016, and uh, Arian said, "I think the biggest reason was losing the opener on Sunday Night Football to the Patriots on that missed field goal. Mm-hmm. That took a lot of swagger out of our football team. Then we came back and lost to the Rams in another close game." We didn't win the close games. We had we had one in the past, but it all goes back to that first one. He's blaming it on a week one loss to what? a backup quarterback. A loser. And I love listen. I love Bruce Arians. I think he's a great coach, great guy. Based on all the interviews I've seen, but come on. But look at the ex- really look at the expectations for the Cardinals going into the season. You know, high hopes. You know, uh, Carson Palmer, Life Estrella. This could be the last year. You know, David Johnson coming Carson off of Palmer's so overrated. But my my point is like they had a good defense. They were you know they had a lot of good pieces to you know make a run at a NFC championship game. And when you lose to a backup quarterback in week one, that just kind of puts you in shambles because you're like, why would I start the season off like this? But that's such a bad excuse. I mean, uh, it's a cop out. It on a it's a total cop out. You're gonna oh, blame it, it on a week one loss. Is that how week one? Mentally week, weak your team is? Week one. Oh, we lost to Jimmy Garoppolo and the Patriots. Let's just give up. <laughs> like, we can't we can't beat Garoppolo and the Patriots. We lost on a field goal. Our kicker clearly sucks. The cornerbacks are going to be all shooken from this. The quarterback's going to blow now. Forget about is it. it. The season's over. We lost in week one. Is what it, a loser. Is it that other teams are just mentally weak or are the Patriots just mentally strong? They are mentally strong. And look there at, are some mentally weak teams out there. I didn't think the Cardinals were one of no, them. No, I didn't either because of Bruce I've yeah. always had a lot of respect for him. You look at, obviously, when we're talking about the mental strength. Sorry about that. Go for it. You're always coming loud with your bets. I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to that time. <laughs> I, meant to, co- I meant to come out. in with a fade there. What but was that, Dave? I can't hear you. <laughs> you, look at, you look at the Patriots, right, in yeah. Super Bowl 51. You talk about the mental toughness at the half, right? 
And then you go back a few years when they won Super Bowl 49. This was a team that was 2-2. Two and two. Tom Brady, his job was being questioned by the national media. Even the local media. Is Tom Brady done? Yeah. And they come back, and not only do they go on a roll, they end up winning the freaking Super Bowl. Right. So, I mean, like, again, what is it? Is that that the Patriots are just mentally strong? No, they or is are it mentally that strong. They, they, are. they are, but it's, they're, it, they're but better every, coach. Every other team is just so weak. And, I again, like you just said, Dave, I didn't think the Cardinals were one of them because of Bruce Arians. I didn't think that Bruce Arians was one of these guys either. But that's I, one I of the lamest things I've ever heard. That is that is a perfect example of a trickle-down effect from, from top to bottom. Your coach has that sort of mentality, and it shows. It shows on the field. If you just give it up like you've lost your swagger, get it back. What's wrong with you? You have 17 more weeks of football. Get it back. Yeah. I think um, the Patriots are definitely mentally stronger. And the reason why is because you look at all the losing teams, what do they keep on doing? Lose. And when you face adversity, you always try to come back and, and be successful. But the Cardinals the are losing. They were in the NFC Championship well, yeah, game year before. The Cardinals, I mean, my thing is, I think that is soft of Bruce Arians to come out with. We all know that they stunk last year, right? They, they blew it in week one. Let's just face the facts here, Bruce. You had a rough year. You don't have to come out and say that they really put us down for the rest yeah, of the season. I, 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 that's, that's a great point, Mark. Talk why, about do you have to say, Mark. You, why do you have to say it publicly? We know right. what happened. But, but, I mean, and even if that is what happened, why would you admit that? <laughs> why would you admit that the Patriots left such a mark on you, they, they branded you right in the ass with a pitchfork, and we're like, and you're just like, okay, I'm done. I give. I give. I quit the whole football season. Because you know why? Why would you admit that you gave up after week one after a loss to Jimmy Garoppolo and the Patriots? Now Belichick and the Patriots are li- loving it. Oh, They're of like, course. oh, we got in their ha- I mean, in just, their heads? Let's try to do this with every every other single team. I mean, not that we need to doesn't it happen? And doesn't it happen? Way more often with the Patriots the than time. with any other team, where they where they go into to, there's some sort of victory they that tor- they have. They torture team. teams, right? And it doesn't have to be a blowout. It could be a blowout. Maybe that does you in, but maybe it's a close game like this with your backup quarterback, and the and the other team still loses. The Patriots have a now long-standing history of just destroying teams. And not just destroying just them on the field, but destroying them. their morale. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. You know, the, the psyche of these teams has been destroyed by the Patriots. Well, I think we've got a little bit of a list here, right? Yeah, we do. We've compiled a list of teams that the Patriots have ruined. So guys, me- can I say the, say the first one? The Go first ahead. one's obvious. It's got to be the Rams in Super Bowl 36. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That was the greatest freaking show on turf. Yep. What have Kurt they been Warner. since? Isaac they've been Bruce, nothing. They've Gordon. been the worst turd on turf. Like That's you just said, Isaac Bruce, Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk. You know, Tory Holt. They had to migrate. <laughs> they really did. They left. Marshall they left St. Louis a, a decade and a half after the Patriots beat them when they were the greatest show on turf. Marshall Falk oh. was like all pro every year. I think he might have had one 1,000-yard yeah. season after that, and, yeah. then, and then after that, nothing. Like right. no 1,000-yard seasons after that. Right. Patriots um, curse. Every team in the AFC East, every coach yeah. in the division. <laughs> every single team in the AFC East over the past decade and a half has been ruined. Has had multiple by the Patriots. multiple quarterback changes. How many multiple coaches? coaching changes? How many coaches? Twenty two coaches in the Bill Belichick era in the AFC East. Wow. That is bad. Including Bill? The Jets are terrible. Uh, I, I think that's outside of Bill. Okay. Twenty two so coaches. Bill Belichick has coached the Patriots 
for these last for this last decade and a half. And all the other AFC East teams have had a combined twenty-two head coaches plus, during wow. that span of plus time. Plus quarterback changes. Oh yeah, we In didn't even time, get to the quarterbacks. Like, and and the Patriots have had one quarterback change. Blood soda Brady. I'll say quarterbacks probably close to twenty. I'll oh say, my God. I say close the to Jets, The Jets might have had 20 in the last three years. <laughs> True. They are, they, they are a, a crapshoot of quarterbacks. All right, we'll, we'll come back to the AFC so, East. So just going back to Marshall Falk right, real quick. Yeah. Uh, after the Super Bowl, he actually didn't re- register a 1,000-yard rushing season. Really? Destroyed. Was he close at all? 9.53 the very next year, so okay. very close. Ruin. But then after that, 800 Ruin. roughly, 700 roughly. Ruin. <laughs> he was ruined. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving down the, the list. Colts. Oh, yeah, of course. Ruined. That's a Peyton Manning. Totally ruined. Ravens. <laughs> Especially Brian Billick's Ravens, because I would on. I'd yeah, make the argument that Harbaugh has been... Can we just touch on the Colts for, yeah, one, more, for one more second there? Because not just ruined by the Patriots, but manhandled yeah. in each instance in which they meet in the postseason. Except for the 06 AFC title game. That's a team you could say, okay, well, I mean, at least they get to the postseason. But then they play the Patriots, and they just get manhandled. It was it so bad that boys out there against the Colts. It was so bad that Jim Irsay had to take a bottle to the face and, and drive <laughs> yeah. home one night. <laughs> Ruined. <laughs> Ruined. Um, Ravens. We talked about it. Brian Billick. Brian Billick's Ravens. John Harbaugh, for the most part, has he been stuck okay. to it. Yeah, except yeah. for the past that he, uh, except for the fact that he lost his mind the last time they lost yeah. to the Patriots in the playoffs. Ooh, well, I mean. Uh, it, it wasn't in the rule book or whatever it was that he was complaining about. We'd never seen that play before. Well, tough cookies. You got you got to be ready for anything right. when it comes but, to the Patriots. But would, but would you agree that Harbaugh, for the most part, has been more competitive against the Patriots than sure. Brian Billick was? But mentally, I think he took a big-time hit considering he came out and said we weren't ready for that play. Uh, we didn't even know it was in the rule book. And Brady said you got to learn the rule book. And that crack was enough to make them – Go and tell the Colts, watch out for the footballs, and then we remember what happened after that. Right. And also, the Ray Rice situation probably didn't help him out either no. as a morale for, for the team. I, I felt like you know they were talked about in the wrong way, so they weren't putting up the you know great numbers. Like Joe Flacco didn't have the performance that everybody expected he would have. So right. a lot of the t- Why, because he had the greatest postseason of all time just a year before. The Ravens yeah, exactly. are also one of those teams that the Patriots try to ruin. Yeah, they did. Right, the trick plays, the, the different formations, mm. they try to ruin the Ravens every year. Another dirty bird, the Falcons. Ooh. See, the thing well, is, is, I, 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 I mean, this is just, yeah, I mean, this is just one meeting where they've ruined them. Don't we know, though, what's about to happen to Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons? They're going to become irrelevant. No. Uh, they're going to be under 500 this year. They're going to be bad. They are well, still struggling. Still, it's the NFC South, though. The NFC South kind of sucks. I mean, you still have the, the Panthers. The Bucks are kind of on the up and up. Yeah, I, guess. I think the Bucks are going to be better. way better than the you, Panthers you this year. You mark actually. my words. The Falcons will be a seven and nine, eight and eight team. So you this think the year. Bucks are going to take it? And I mean, we'll be sitting, Winston, we'll be Austin, here saying, Jake Jenkins, Mike Evans, OJ Desha- Howard, Deshaun Jackson. I they're, think the Bucks have a good. Tr- yeah, as good as any of taking that division. Yeah, the defense is great. Yeah, uh, I mean, Drew Brees is coming on his way out. Who else is in that division now? The Saints. Um, the Saints. The Saints. Which I mean, you never really know. I guess. I mean, they just lost Cooks, right? Yeah, he's out. They're out. They only have Michael Thomas as their receiver. Hey, he's damn good, but that's not enough. All right, Seahawks. Ruined. Because of Super Bowl 49, <laughs> ruined. They've been so ruined that they're still talking about we should have run the football. <laughs> <laughs> they are so ruined that they're not, they're not over that it. one play yet. Why didn't we run the football? Richard Sherman is still talking about this. He had he commented on it like three weeks ago yeah. for crying out loud. Pete Carroll's over here saying, saying like, chill out, Richard. Let's not show any emotion. Let's not show I still, so like, I still think that's the most overrated bad play, though, because – 
Like I've uh, said, second and goal from the one-yard line with one timeout left. You can throw it. Just throw a fade. Do yeah. anything Pete, else. Pete Don't throw Carroll's that. Pete Carroll's mind became mush. He overthought it. He overthought that play. But you agreed that throwing it wasn't the worst idea because if you run it and Marshawn Lynch gets stopped and you burn your last timeout, then third down automatically I, becomes a passing play. No, it was the worst idea. It to was. Run it was horrible. that passing play. If yes. you run a fade, fine. Just don't maybe, maybe. So the decision or to pass. Or just off to Marshawn Lynch. And We've if he talked gets, about and this then if he, and a million we times. We have. And if he gets stopped, Dave, you burn your last time out, guess what? You got to throw it on third down. Right, now. which is why Belichick, Belichick anyway. knew what he was doing, and yeah. Carroll did not. Carroll's mind turned to mush. Richard Sherman is still talking about that play. Ruined! Ruined! <laughs> I, I think that's the biggest team that they ruined, by the way. <laughs> that's uh, It's getting there, but they still make the playoffs. Right. Right? Ba so Bengals. I feel like the Bengals always get their butts kicked. They gotta ruin themselves. Oh, it's, yeah. it's Marvin Lewis, man. Marvin Lewis is what, 0 6, 0 7 in the playoffs now? Them. It's kind of like they the implode. same routine with the Bengals every single year. They it's always, basically yeah. win the division or win the wild card, get into the playoffs, and then just get spanked. They always look like they're gonna do well, and, the, then, and then they just don't. The what, only way what? to do it is get rid of Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis is the second longest tenured head coach in well, the that, NFL. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, like what you the know, hell? the AFC East has been ruined, and they've gone through 22 different coaches in order to try and change that the Cincinnati Bengals have been ruined and they've stuck with their same head coach that's on them so I don't know if that's the Patriots necessarily but sure on the cusp two teams the Steelers just because okay. the Steelers have always made it and they've always lost to they're, them they're another one in that never change their way category and that's why they always lose but Big Ben Roethlisberger is probably this is probably gonna be his last year could be. So I think he was this, talking this, about retirement last offseason. So I think yeah. this is where the the Patriots really ruined the steel uh, the Steelers' hopes. Ruined. Um, ruined. <laughs> They've been ruined as a franchise. Um, another one, Chiefs. That's uh, a pretty good one. I don't know. I mean, like there haven't been a lot of battles, and I guess they you could say the that the Chiefs yeah, enough. They do, but it's kind of like the Chiefs are so outmatched. It's not like they're. Yeah, but I, they I took know. out Brady's leg. And yeah, then Brady I was going to say that Bernard True. Pollard kind of evened the score, right? Yeah. Right. In 2008 when he just the dove one, at Brady's knee and just gave us all. The lost season in all of this. Oh. Right. Yeah. All right, so two teams that have not been tortured by the Patriots. Sure. Denver Broncos. Good one. New York Giants. Oh, Giants yeah. definitely have. If you ask me yes. who has the Patriots number, it's definitely the Giants. And the easy way to do that is give Tom Brady the only two Super Bowl losses in, yeah. in his career. Those two teams have not been ruined yet. And the Broncos, like, yeah, you've had battles where you've beat them a few times. They've beat you. But it's kind of been a 50-50 split. And even forget Peyton Manning and forget Tim Tebow. Go back to 05 when Champ Bailey had that nearly pick six before Ben Watson took him out. Yeah. Tom Brady was terrible in that game. Troy Brown, I think, muffed a punt. That was a terrible game, and Jake Jake Plummer. Jake, Jake Plummer. Plummer. Jake the Snake. Jake Plummer beat Tom Brady in the 05 Divisional game to give him his first ever playoff loss. So, yeah, it's kind of been a back-and-forth tango with the Broncos. I'll give you that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, uh, it's up there. You know, it's hard to breathe. But I, I think these two teams are really going to play a factor this year for the Patriots because, you know, the Denver Broncos, Trevor Simeon, he's he's an average quarterback. He's probably going to get them to 9-7, and 10-6 possibly because of that is defense. scary, though. But the Giants, the Giants could actually have some revenge. I mean, uh, the Patriots could get some revenge from the Giants. This year. Well, you never know. I think the Giants are sort of due for one of those runs. Well, here's yeah. the thing about the Giants, and I know they just added Brandon Marshall. You've got a team that's comprised of a lot of divas. Sure. Good defense, yeah. though. Odell Beckham Jr., Talented, Brandon Marshall. Though. Talented. Talented divas. 
And they just got rid of Victor Cruz, right? Didn't he go to Chicago? Yep. He went to Chicago, yeah. So, I mean, look, you've got talent on that roster. Brandon Marshall and OBJ. I just feel like around week six or seven, one of them is going to start complaining about not getting enough touches, not getting yeah. enough looks from Eli. Good. Maybe. I don't think maybe, Brandon Marshall but will. I, look, I, I wouldn't sleep on the Giants at all this year. I, I really think that they're a team to watch out for. I mean, the they're NFC due East, for a playoff. The run. NFC East is always kind of a crapshoot. You've got the Cowboys. I mean, yeah. it depends on what happens with Zeke and his whole domestic violence thing. But Dak right. Prescott, the Redskins, you know me. I'm a Kirk Cousins guy. I like the guy. I think he's a good player. The Eagles, I don't even know what to make of them. So Don't, don't forget Shepard from the Giants and their defense, man. Landon Collins, they got Jonathan Pierre-Paul, Olivier Vernon. Who could go wrong? Jonathan I mean, Pierre-Paul or Jason? Jason Pierre-Paul. I was whatever. like, does he have a brother? Yeah, same thing. <laughs> All right, uh, we went way over on this segment, but it was good to talk football again for the first time in a while. So we're going to... As the bed end. Sorry about that. Sorry. We're going to uh, take it to break, and we'll be back with five questions hosted by yours truly. We'll be back after this. App. There is more to me, Queen Eliara of Elfgard, than my elven magic. Just as there's more to Geico than saving you money, Geico also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the Geico app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minions? More smoky mesquite. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. This is Shaquille O'Neal. And the Shaquettes. Reminding you that anytime. Anytime. Is a good time. Good time. For the cooling, drying, fresh scent of gold bond powder spray. Like after the gym. Or a crowded or golf. Or working with farm animals. Or a hard day's work. Like sports casting? You said it, ladies. Stay cool with Gold Bond Powder Spray. Stay cool with Gold Bond. He worked out early, practiced late, and studied well into the night. The next day, he did it all over again. She missed time hanging out and socializing with friends so she could make it on time to practices and games. He became a top student and a confident leader even as he helped his team win back-to-back conference titles. She became a role model in her community, even as she led her team to an undefeated season. And when they finished playing high school sports, what did they do next? She graduated from college with honors and went to work for a successful company. He attended graduate school and became a difference maker in his community. Because that's what student athletes in New Hampshire do. They use the skills they develop playing high school sports today to do even bigger things in life tomorrow. High school sports. A winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the New Hampshire Interscholastic Athletic Association and the New Hampshire Athletic Directors Association. Hi, uh, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, it had this phone number on it, and, well, uh, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. Yeah, hi. I think I found your kid's stuffed animal near the swing set. Um, just want to call. I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up, and um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger in Massachusetts and New Hampshire and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. 
Find your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. The Red Sox beat the Yankees 5-4 on a walk-off walk last night. Yankees closer Araldis Chapman failed to record an out while protecting a one-run lead in the ninth inning. Chapman walked Andrew Benintendi with the bases loaded to give the Red Sox the win. Drew Pomeranz got a no decision after going six innings, allowing four runs on six hits. And four Red Sox had multiple hit games, including Hanley Ramirez, who hit a towering two-run shot off Yankees starter Jordan Montgomery. The Sox and Yankees will go again today with Chris Sale getting the ball. He'll take on Luis Severino. First pitch is at 4.05. The Red Sox also made headlines yesterday when they designated Pablo Sandoval for assignment, effectively ending his career in Boston. Sandoval is owed roughly $49 million. And the Celtics made the Gordon Hayward signing official yesterday. They signed him to a $128 million max contract over four years. And according to the vertical... Rajon Rondo has agreed to a one-year deal with the New Orleans Pelicans, reuniting him with DeMarcus Cousins. Garbinier Muguruza defeated Venus Williams in straight sets today to win the women's Wimbledon final. Roger Federer will face Thomas Burdich in the men's final tomorrow. Those are your Sports Center updates. Be sure to listen live on ESPN, NHRadio.com, as well as the ESPN Radio app. And as always, check us out on TuneIn. I'm Ashish Sharma. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues right now. All right, back here on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNHradio.com. It is time now for five questions, and this week I have the honors. So, Dave, if you please, could you start us off? Absolutely. And to watch. The mood is tense. I have been on some serious, serious reports, but nothing quite like this. I, 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 uh, Ching... King is inside right now. I tried to get an interview with him, but they said, nope, you can't do that. He's a live bear. He will literally rip your face off. <laughs> I always lose it at that. Ching, King. I, I was telling you guys, Paul Rudd, maybe the most underrated funny guy in Hollywood. He really is funny, especially in that movie. Yeah, he's oh, so yeah. serious. Brian Fantana. This is sort of a, a sad moment for this show, too, by the way. Because we're going to retire that sound. I think this is going to be one of the last times that we get to use this. And to watch. The mood is tense. I have been on some serious, serious. <laughs> That's reports, why we chose it as our buzzer. Like <laughs> That's why we chose it as our buzzer because we knew. Because when we were picking buzzers, I thought maybe Peyton Manning and some of his zingers from the ESPYS. But I said, you know what? This is the last time we're gonna play this, so right. might as well go all out with yep. it. Yep. Oh no, we. Ah uh, no, that's a dancing bear, Yabuselli for um. <laughs> But that'll be fun. That'll be a fun one. Yeah, maybe. That's maybe, yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Question number one. I know we've asked this before, but this is as good a time as any to bring it back. Worst contract. Worst contract. Pablo Sandoval or Carl Crawford? Crawford's deal was $142 million over seven years. Pablo was five years and 95. So which one was the worst contract? Easy. Easy. Pablo Sandoval. The reason why, because um, they traded Carl Crawford. They actually found a trade partner to give up that kind of player with that contract. And the Dodgers took the money, too. Dodgers took the money. Dodgers are idiots for doing that. But um, I would say, you know, the Red Sox really lost out on Pablo Sandoval. They had um, ideas for the future, didn't realize, that, like, who they were getting in return. Um, and I, I felt like they just completely fell flat on their face signing Pablo to that 
$95 million contract. Yeah, no question for me it's Pablo uh, for multiple reasons. Carl Crawford coming in here, you didn't expect him to flounder like that. Carl Crawford was a stud in Tampa Bay, so I almost don't blame them for bringing in Carl Crawford. It didn't work out, and when it didn't work out, you did find a trade partner in the Dodgers, and they took the money. This case, Pablo was already over the hill. You didn't expect much from him. There was a He was supposed to have a weight clause in San Francisco, which you ignored. You brought him in here anyway for $95 million, and he ended up having to eat the second most amount of money in MLB history for a DFA'd player. This is one of the worst signings in not just Red Sox history, sports but history. in Boston sports history. Yeah. It's, it's the second worst if you just want to go based on production and the money that you lost on the player. It is the second worst signing in the history of Major League Baseball. So no question for me, Pablo Sandoval is a worse signing than Carl Crawford. And I go a step further and I say it's one of the worst signings if we had a if we had to think about it, if we had the time to collect the information in Boston sports history. All time sports possibly. You never know Could about that. Could be right that. up there. We'd have we'd have a lot of research to do, but I guarantee you he's top 10 in worst signings ever. All right, question number 2. Hey, you're making me look stupid. Get out here. Panda jerk. It's John Farrell. <laughs> John Farrell. Get off your phone. Dave Dombrowski. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, this past Monday, we saw Aaron Judge put on an absolute clinic during the 2017 Home Run Derby. If you could choose any all-time great slugger in his prime to go head-to-head versus Judge, who would you choose? That's, that's a great question. Um, I would go Mark McGuire. I, I think Mark McGuire was really like that Fenway Park home run derby. I mean, everybody remembers it for a reason. Was cool. You know, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, the Ken Griffey Jr. Um, yeah, I would go Mark McGuire. I, I just think he has the power to compete with Judge. I would have went Ken Griffey Jr., but I think Griffey's more of like just a beautiful swing and he can really hit a decent amount of home runs, but like, like Mark McGuire. Power. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to me, you've got one of the better young guys in the game that was actually in this very same home run derby, and it's Giancarlo Stanton. You know, the way that the guy hits the cover off the ball when he hits is something It's something else. Um, if I had to pick an older player, probably Barry Bonds. Barry I mean, Bonds, he was yeah. great in his prime. Even before all the steroid allegations, the guy could tear the cover off the ball. I want to quickly, though, hit on Judge because watching that derby was... It was different, Impressive. right? Then your then your then your typical home run derby because of how effortless it was for him to crush balls out of the park and not just pulling them, but hitting them to all parts of the ballpark. He's a once in a generation talent. I mean, that guy. I I stopped being fooled by the would be pop ups. You know, like there were a couple in that first round where he ends up. He needed 22. Yep. Let's not forget that that dude Boar of the Marlins put up 22 home runs. Incredible. And then you got Aaron Judge comes out and and like it was nothing, hits 23. And there were a couple in the beginning where I'm like, oh, he missed it. And then it's out. And I'm like, well, oh, that's a pop-up. But it's gone. Uh, you know, it's just that effortless sort of swing. It doesn't even look like he's trying, which is why he conserves so much energy. Right. Just his swing alone was enough to label the ball, and and he put it to right field, he put it to center, he put it left field, he put the ball everywhere. His spray chart was unbelievable. I think it was the most impressive home run derby performance of all time. The reason why is when you have four minutes, 
you have to conserve that energy and recognize when to call timeouts. You know, when, when you have outs, you can take breaks. You can have guys come over at Gatorade. You can take your sweet-ass time. Mm -hmm. With Judge, he literally just went all out, then called the timeout when he was tired, then went back at it. And you got to appreciate that because that's time management, too. Like, it's a right. smart, technical thing. It's all about tactics when it comes to the swing. And you got to make sure that your mechanics are on point. But with Judge, he has such a great swing, great power, that that ball is going to be gone whether it looks like a pop-up or not. Another guy that I would keep in mind is Mike Trout. Mike Trout Mike probably Trout, would, yeah. would definitely give him a run for his money. But Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Aaron Judge, before we move on to the next question, just unbelievable. This kid's going to win Rookie of the Year. He's going to win MVP. He already has the Home Run Derby. It's unbelievable. He's probably in contention for the Triple Crown, right? Because he's hitting for average as well. He could win all the above. He could be the face of baseball going forward. And it just adds to the fact that he's a Yankee in one of the biggest markets in the game. The, you know, that, I mean, as a, base, as a Red Sox fan, that sucks. But as a baseball fan, that's awesome. And he's a good kid. And he's a good kid. He's <laughs> likable. I'll tell you this, and it struck me. Uh, it really sucks as a Red Sox fan to recognize that you are rooting for him and that the rivalry is dead. Well, I, I think right? that no, I think you know what he is. I don't think it's he's the dead. next Derek Jeter. It's getting there. He's it's the next. There. He's the look, next. It's he's, coming he's back, a, but like he's right Derek now, Jeter with power. But if you look, did you root for Aaron Judge at the home run derby? Were you no, rooting for him to win? No, him. but I wasn't you rooting, rooting against him. Yeah. I was rooting against okay. him because I I hate the Yankees. I don't hate him though. Okay, let me tell you, I wanted him to win. I was rooting for him. But I, you, th I but thought he was going to lose. It's kind of a hate respect thing that you talk about with Derek Jeter, though, right? Yeah, but I would never have said a good thing about Derek Jeter while he was playing. Yes, you hate respected him, but you really? never mentioned the respect part. Why well, would that, you? That's because this kid is so young. You have to kind of let him be around for a is while it, where you're like, oh, Or is it junk. because the rivalry's dead? It, part of it is the rivalry's dead, but I feel like yesterday there was more electricity at Fenway Park for a Red Sox Yankees game than there has been for a long I will time. I give the you that. It was a good birds, game. The Boo Birds for Jacoby Ellsbury were louder than I can remember. So wait, this gives us an excuse to root against the Yankees? Is but that what you're saying? This is what I was getting at. You heard Fenway yesterday be louder than it's ever been. Do you think it's a coincidence that Aaron Judge was front and center in the face of that All-Star game and that home run derby. Jealousy. Possibly. I believe sure. that because Aaron Judge showed his face and made such a statement, all of a sudden, a little bit of fire. Rivalry might be on the rivalry. way up. That's the thing. You kind of right? love you love to hate the Yankees. A little bit them, of fire. You want them to be good so that you can compete against them and beat them. And I don't well, I mean, think I don't think it's a coincidence at all that following Aaron Judge's performance where he became pretty much Mr. Worldwide. Mm -hmm. And was the face of the Derby in the All-Star game. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's not Pitbull. Chill out with that. Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> Interesting. I, yeah. I, I honestly believe that that's why you heard Fenway louder than it's been for any other Yankee series in recent memory. Keep an eye on Fenway Park today. I think something might happen between the two teams oh, to spark the fire even more. That'll, that'll be fun. Fire. And that'll just talking about all-time great home run derbies, I just want to mention Josh Hamilton in, what was it, 2008? Just oh, unbelievable. Yeah. 28 home one. runs in and, one round. And yeah, unbelievable. I, I think that was actually bad because he went over what he needed to do in a particular round and he got tired out. How about, <laughs> how about uh, Pitbull, by the way, at, at, uh, at that home run derby? Oh, that like, was awful. Like worst ever, maybe? Yeah, probably. Maybe one of the worst choices ever for a... It is Miami. He's, he's from there. Cross. He's from Miami, right? I get it. Cuba. Pick someone with better, he's from, he's newer from Cuba, music. But he's, he, you know, Miami's right next to Cuba, yeah, so he's, they're all he's there. Yeah, he's in that region. I get it. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, 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 no, but he, just to answer my own question, too, yeah. Sammy Sosa. 
Sammy. Sammy's yeah. going. Slamming yeah. Sammy. I just want to. I just want to say, like, if you're gonna, as a musician, use the same word twice in a song, I'm usually like, ah, oh, man, you're not creative. Pitbull has that one song where he's like, oh, baby, 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 <laughs> I'm yeah. on fire. I'm on fire. <laughs> <laughs> start you can't off, repeat that much. No, you can't s- do it. start off the fire with uh, the Yankees and Red Sox. We'd like I to hon- see it. I honestly believe that that whole thing with the Derby and Aaron Judge is starting to light that fire again. I like it. All right, question number three. Hey, you're making me look stupid. Get out here, panda. Great story. Compelling and rich. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that's TC. Probably on the Nesson broadcast. Great story. <laughs> Great story. There's John Farrell and there's Will Farrell. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, question number three. Excluding the three All-Stars, Chris Sale, Mookie Betts, and Craig Kimbrell, mm. who has been the most important member of the Red Sox this year? Well, this is a good one. I like this. Um, that's what I do, Mark. That's what I do. I say Benny. Benny. I th- ben Attendi. Yeah, he's had some cold streaks in there, though. I call him Benny in the Jets because every time he, he gets the ball and he chucks it in the infield, he's using a little sense of urgency whether that's the next play. But when he, like, you know, guys try to tag up on him, like that Houston throw, I'll never forget that. I, th- I think that was a huge moment when, um, you know, the Red Sox really needed him to step up, and that was a, a tremendous sort of home. Um, a great play by Christian Vasquez to adjust to, mm. to tag that guy out, Springer. I am honestly struggling to come up with an answer for this, and it, I think it speaks to a louder problem with the Red Sox, which is who's, the, who's the face of this team. You know, and I, I love what Chris Sale has given you on the pitcher's mound, and I love what Craig, what Craig Kimbrell has given you as a closer. Obviously, Mookie Betts, not as great a year as he had last year, but still a very consistent player. Gives you great defense, good offense on a consistent basis. Who's the biggest after that? I find it difficult to really say. This one's kind of a sleeper, but Mitch Moreland. He's been cold recently since he fractured his toe. Yeah, but he's not But like, he's been quietly putting together a very good season for sure, the Red Sox. But you said who's been, what, the most impactful or who's the hero? Outside of Chris three? Sale, Mookie Betts, and Craig Kimbrell, who's been the most impactful? The most impactful. Now... I'm probably going to get chewed out for this because I hate this guy. But it's Drew Pomerantz. I was actually thinking that as well. Yeah, that's a good Drew, one. That's actually a good one. Which yeah. is kind of scary. <laughs> it is. It is. But but you know what? I'm glad Dave <laughs> said that because I was all he, he was on my list. Yeah. He was on my list. He is not He's screwing right. up. Look, in, in a year where you've lost Stephen Wright and you didn't have David Price for a long time and Porcello's now you're without Eddie Rodriguez and Porcello's had a bad year, Pomerantz and... He, Look, he sucked at the beginning of the year. I'm not giving him any credit because through his first 10 games, he didn't even register for the ERA title. Yeah, he's awful. He, he couldn't he couldn't pitch beyond five innings. He's right at the ship. He's done much better in his last couple of starts, uh, in his last handful of starts, really. And I wish I had the numbers right in front of me, but I know that over his last 10, you know, he's given them good outings where he's getting into the sixth inning and he's giving up two or fewer runs. And then that's, to me, that's he's, a quality starter right? right there, yeah. And he's the reason, really, during this most recent stretch that you haven't had any real dip, I would say. Right, as you said, given the injuries to Eduardo Rodriguez right. and Stephen Wright, he's kind of come in and been the guy to he's bridge you that st- gap. He's been stable I mean, otherwise, enough. Otherwise, it's Hector Velasquez. No, and that's yeah. what I mean. You know, guys like that. Doug I honestly Doug think that, that Pomeranz, in retrospect, when you look at the rest of this team and what impact they've had, you can look directly at Drew Pomeranz and say he's responsible for 
giving you a couple more wins than maybe you should have. Right. I mean, he hasn't point. lit the world on fire, but in June, he had a 3 ERA. He's got okay. a 3-5 in three starts here in July. Right. Overall, he's 9-4 and four with a 3.75. He's your number five starter. Yeah. That's pretty good. Right now, though, the problem is he's your second best pitcher. Yeah, that is a problem. Well, actually, problem. I, I think David Price has sort of figured it out recently. Well, we'll see. I want to see him again after the All-Star break. I yep. do, because Price has pitched better, but I want to see it on a more consistent basis, and he's going up against a Yankees team that he does not pitch well against tomorrow night in the second half of that doubleheader. Yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah. He's pitching Sunday, right? He's pitching t- uh, tomorrow, tomorrow in the night game. Right. Nice. I'll be at both those games, by the way. There <laughs> you go. a long game for me. Yeah, a long day for me. Seriously. Nice. 18 innings of baseball, but good answer. Pace yourself. I, I will try. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I will. Yes. Only two beers during the day game. I don't know what's going to happen during the night game. Watch though. out for we'll that see. sun. It's going to be brutal <laughs> out there. Hot. <laughs> Question number four. <gasps> All right, guys. Uh, <laughs> we're going to play a really quick game of true or false here uh, okay. for the Red like Sox this. in the second half. I'm going to ask you three questions, and I want you to just answer true or false and elaborate if possible. True or false, Jackie Bradley Jr. will finish the season hitting 300. Currently at 280. False. False. I think he'll fall short, two ninety ish. So he, but he's gonna have a pretty good year. With oh the yeah, uh, I would say he'll he'll end up back around two seventy, two seventy five. Right now he's on a on a tear where he's hitting like three seventy over the course of his last yeah. thirty games or so. Something yeah, he's like smoking that. the ball. That's Jackie Bradley for you though. Yeah. JBJ loves to go on his streaks, and it, you know that includes cold streaks. So I expect him to end up with a, a reasonable batting average, right around, around 270, 275. Okay. Um, I think it'll be a little lower because I'm waiting for the cold streak to hit. Okay. You know, he was batting 200 when he started this hot streak. So credit to him. He's up around 280 right now, yeah, right? Yeah, he points. I think he'll finish strong. I, I He could. I ho- I'm hoping for it because I want him to be one of those consistent guys. Uh, but, I mean... For a streaky hitter, when he goes on streaks, they kind of last longer than you'd expect, too. Right. So right. I I don't know what's better, taking those streaks where he's super hot, or just uh, you know getting the consistency out of him where he's a little less uh, than he is when he's on a hot streak. But you know the consistency's there. He better save some for the playoffs, though. True or false? Chris Sale will reach 300 strikeouts by year's end. Ooh, true. It's gonna be close. Currently I, I'm at 178. Going, I'm hoping for it, so I will say true. I'll I say want to see 302. that. Happen. He's at 178. If he gets 10 today, he's at 188. Eh, that's he's looking pretty good. He's I on mean, pace like for most it, guys right? end the season. Yeah, he's pretty much on pace for it because most guys, when they cross the 200 mark, that's a good year. Yep. He's let, let's say he gets 10 today. That's 188, and we're in July. And so. how many how many uh, starts for him? He's got what? Uh, I, don't, I don't have the number in front of yeah, me. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's close to eight, nine, more. Uh, starts? Yeah. No, he's, he's got, got more, more than, than that. that. He's like 11 and four. Really? Right yeah, I think yeah. he's got probably 12 starts left in him. Well, I was wondering how many he's already started. Oh. Oh, I'd have to look that up. Just to know the, uh, the strikeouts per, per game. Um, but it's got to be close to 10. I mean, and if you're doing that and you make 30 starts, yeah, you could you could – do it, but I mean that's hard to do, and he's had a history of uh, you know fizzing out. That's Cy at Young the end written of the all over that. Oh, though. I think he'll win Cy Young. I, yeah. I think he is the runaway winner right now, of especially because Ke- Keuchel's nine and zero with a great ERA, but he's hurt. So the innings right. are down, the strikeouts are down. Yeah. All right, and final true or false before we get on to question five here, guys. Xander Bogarts will hit twenty plus homers this year. False. False. 
Yeah. It's kind of disappointing because he's not even halfway there yet. I thought, yeah, he's at six. I always thought that he was more of a power hitter. But you know what? If he's going to hit for average, which he's been doing this year, I'll take it. Average has gone down lately. Because last year, if you guys remember, once he started hitting the home runs, the average dipped. So it's kind of like, what would you rather have? Look, he's starting to dip right now, right around the same time he started to dip last year with the power numbers. So he's dipping dipping at the same time without the power. Right. So... I don't. I don't know what that is. Is it if he hits for power, he's gonna dip, or is it just at this juncture every year he's gonna start to dip? Yeah, be, be, something be to watch cautious. Po- be cautious sure. if that happens. Yep. All right, guys. Fifth and final question. Skadoosh. 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 <laughs> All right, guys. We'll make this one quick. Uh, Robert Kraft, if you didn't know, has just purchased a Boston-based esports team. Uh, so if you guys were the owner of an esports team and you got to choose what game your quote athletes would participate in, what game would you go with? Would it be like League of Legends or World of Warcraft, or would you go with a first-person shooter like Call of Duty or Halo or something like that? What would you guys go with? It could even be freaking Mario Kart on N64 for all I care. I think these leagues could be any game, right? Yeah, I think they're actually pretty cool because it kind of gives the players an opportunity to show off like they're really professional uh, skills because some of the things that I see on ESPN too, it's it's pretty crazy uh, the amount of uh, adrenaline that goes through you playing these things, especially like Madden Nation. Um, Madden would be. Cool. I think Madden, yeah, if they came out with like a Madden League, which oh, they are, they, I'd watch that. They, I don't think they have it. I think they just do Madden Challenge or Madden Nation, but it's not like they do it over the course of the year. If they did that and had it like on NFL Network or an ESPN, that'd be pretty cool to see. I don't know if I like any of this. <laughs> You're just anti. I, I don't know how I really feel about it. Wait, what, what was so exactly you your to, question? So if you were the owner of an esports team and you had to choose the game that they were participating in and playing other teams against. Yeah, so it's like video games. Playing against other teams, what would you go with? Probably NHL. I mean, that's got one, that's got one of the best games uh, in terms of pro sports, but... I mean, a lot of these games, it's like uh, it's uh, Overwatch is the big one, right, in the esports categories. So. Uh, something like that. Yeah, I know there's a League of Legends one. Yeah, I honestly so don't I, get I'm, that game. I mean, it's it's a lot of the shooter games, which I mean are cool. Doesn't I, it have just, to be like a computer game though? No, no, not it can be a video game. Like you, that, could, I've uh, seen Halo. I think a lot of these guys end up uh, streaming on their PC and they're playing on their Xbox. You okay. know? So Something they, like that. I yeah. don't know. There's a whole weird culture behind eSports, but don't ever try and tell me that these are sports. You know what? I, uh, oh, yeah, no. I completely agree with I'm that. Just, just as much as the spelling bee is a sport. Exactly. But you know what I love? Super Smash. Oh, See, that's watch that. okay. You I'd watch that. That, that would be pretty talking. fun. See, the thing is... Because I'd, of the randomness. I'm sorry, but like, I would so much rather like join in on that. Right, like that's true. It's so much more how, fun to play. It, like you want to play Super Smash Brothers you don't against people. Watch. That's true. Like yeah. who just sits there and watches other people play video still, games? But it's still entertaining. Like I've been in situations like back in college where there's only a limited number of controllers, and it was almost just as fun to watch sure, someone you, play Super Smash Brothers. You were always going to get a turn. Of course, yeah. yeah. But, you, but, you weren't, but you yeah. weren't, like, upset to give up your controller because you're still going to be entertained. Oh, I was, I was, no, no, no. You weren't upset to give up your controller because you knew it was going to come back to yeah. you. Yeah. Fair enough. At some point, you knew you were going to get another go at it. Yeah, you're like, oh, crap, I lost this one. Oh, well, I have one one more down the line. Like, Fair yeah. enough. I mean, uh, when we were kids, wasn't it like uh, you had that one friend that would hog the controller? Well, because he would win. Because he'd keep he winning. It was winner's like, keep. Winner's keep. I want a toy. <laughs> Give me my toy. I want to I play. <laughs> All right, that wraps up five questions. We will be back with the blast off. Don't go anywhere, ESPN New Hampshire. It's the Sports Blast. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire, Manchester's local ESPN.
There is more to me, Queen Eliara of Elfgard, than my elven magic. Just as there's more to Geico than saving you money, Geico also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the Geico app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minions! More smoky mesquite. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. This is Shaquille O'Neal. And the Shaquettes. Reminding you that anytime. Anytime. Is a good time. Good time. For the cooling, drying, fresh scent of gold bond powder spray. Like after the gym. Or a crowded elevator ride. Or golf. Or working with farm animals. Or a hard day's work. Like sports casting. You said it, ladies. Stay cool with gold bond powder spray. Stay cool with gold bond. I'm a firefighter. A teacher. I'm a farmer. I'm a barber. A waitress. A mom. We're all part of your community. Every day we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our every day. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when you experience a moment of uncertainty. Something or someone's behavior that doesn't seem quite right. These are the moments to take a pause. Because if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not. It's not about paranoia. Or being afraid. It's about standing up and protecting our communities. One detail at a time. Because a lot of little details can become a pattern. We. 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 We trust our instincts. Just like you should. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. Exercise is hard. So is maintaining a healthy diet. Of course, neither is half as hard as dying. Sadly, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and stroke kill nearly a million people a year. Even sadder, most of these deaths are preventable with a few lifestyle changes, including regular activity, healthier eating, and not smoking. Talk to your doctor about your risk for type 2 diabetes and heart disease. And if your doctor recommends lifestyle changes or medication, listen. The reason so many die is because not enough are willing to change. You can stop it starting right now. It's your life. Listen to your doctor. Eat better. Get moving. Visit CheckupAmerica.org or call 1-800-DIABETES. A message from the American Diabetes Association. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. The Red Sox beat the Yankees 5-4 on a walk-off walk last night. Yankees closer Araldis Chapman failed to record an out while protecting a one-run lead in the ninth. Chapman walked Andrew Benintendi with the bases loaded to give the Red Sox the win. Drew Pomeranz got the no decision after going six innings and allowing four runs on six hits. Four Red Sox registered multiple hit games, including Hanley Ramirez, who hit a towering two-run homer off Yankees starter Jordan Montgomery. The Sox and Yankees will go again with Chris Sale getting the ball. He'll take on Luis Severino. First pitch from Fenway is at 4.05. The Red Sox also made headlines yesterday when they designated Pablo Sandoval for assignment, effectively ending his career in Boston. Sandoval is owed roughly $49 million. And the Celtics made the Gordon Hayward signing official. He inked a $128 million deal over four years. And according to the vertical, Rajon Rondo has agreed to a one-year deal with the New Orleans Pelicans. 
Garbin Muguruza defeated Venus Williams in straight sets today to win the women's Wimbledon final. Roger Federer will face off against Thomas Burdich in the men's final tomorrow. Those are your Sports Center updates. Be sure to listen live on ESPNNHradio.com as well as the ESPN Radio app. And as always, you can check us out on TuneIn. I'm Ashish Sharma. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues right now. Final few minutes here on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNHradio.com. It is the blast off, and I'm just all tuckered out from talking sports today, guys. We've hit on everything. Pablo Sandoval, the Celtics, yeah. Pete Manning, Bruce Arians. You're all tuckered out? I'm all tuckered out. You're I'm ready done? for my nap. Really? And, I, you know, we, uh, I just feel like bringing the conversation we were having off the air just now onto the air, and we were just talking about summer movies, what we're looking forward to. True. Yeah. And, I mean, I know you've mentioned Baby Driver is a good movie that you uh, saw the okay, other week. Okay, so... Anyone who uh, who hasn't heard of this movie, I'm not surprised because it came sort of out of nowhere. Unless you're a guy like me who's been waiting for this movie for like a year now. Um, who's seen Hot Fuzz? I've seen it. I wasn't and Shaun of though. the Dead? Shaun remember Shaun of the Dead? I didn't like Hot Fuzz yeah. that much, though. Oh, I loved Hot Fuzz. Okay, so it uh, might not even be for you then, Ashish. But uh, the same guy who directed those two movies directs Baby Driver. Now, the best way for me to describe this and it might sound ridiculous, is that it's a heist movie starring Kevin Spacey, John Hamm, Jamie Foxx. I don't even know the main character's name. He's a young kid who's basically just a freakishly good getaway driver. Uh, so he's the getaway driver trying to sort of pay off his debt to Kevin Spacey, who runs the criminal organization. I've seen the trailer. Uh, for this. Yep. And, and really, the trailer can't even do... to. It can't do justice to what the best part of the film was for me, which was that it was essentially a, a two-hour-long music video set to this heist movie. So the best way for me to describe this is the sound from the soundtrack w was all juxtaposed with the stuff that you're seeing happening on so screen. So kind of like Mad Max. A little bit like Mad Max, but they they did it up a lot more. Okay. So basically, like if there's a, a drum solo going on where you hear a drum roll, a drum roll going like gunshots are going off to that drum roll in this movie. Wow! Or like a bap bap bap, he's shifting into third gear, so he's going shift shift shift. Okay. I'm basically everything in the movie is juxtaposed with the soundtrack, That's and cool. it was so well done. Like if you I'm go sold. in and you notice it, and not to mention the performances were fantastic. I'm sold. I, really? I've seen the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and honestly, this is one of the movies that I have on my list. However, I will not see it before I see War for the Planet of the Apes. I'm sorry. Huge fan of that trilogy. I, I have to see I, the second I, one. I heard... Oh, you have to. The second one's amazing. And I heard this one is, like, a perfect ending, so I will definitely see Baby Driver, but I'm definitely seeing Planet of the Apes now, first, no James man. Franco, right? In these last two? Uh, do you want the spoiler? No. Okay, so... Well, Don't. I won't say what happens. You basically or... just told us, but... <laughs> I, 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 well, you asked! I don't know. Maybe James Franco's in the next two. Maybe he's not. Right, I don't fair know. Fair enough, fair enough. But, uh... Yeah, I, no, I want to just... see uh, Caesar riding on the horse. Oh, yeah. I, I, look, I love... Listen, badass. I... 
the thing is, because I, my first uh, exposure to Planet of the Apes wasn't even the Charlton Heston one. It was the Mark Wahlberg oh, one. Wahlberg that's one. That was yeah. directed, I think, by Tim Burton. It mm. was. Right? Yes. And it was so god-awful that when I saw the Charlton Heston one, I was already kind of like, oh, this is going to suck. Right. But I liked that one. Like, it was a little bit different. That, it was one's, old. No, that one's a classic. It's a classic, right? Especially Did with the way he sees the Statue of Liberty at the Damn end on the beach. You all to hell. So when the original uh, reboot happened in 2011 with you the Rise... <laughs> You really did it! You blew it up! The, I, I, the when first I, one's When intense. I saw the first one, I thought it was going to suck because I thought it was going to be like the Mark Wahlberg one. No. And no, it was no. brilliant. It was amazing. Then I saw the second one and it was even better. No, the second one was It was awesome. even better. I have heard that the second one was better than the first. I've seen the first. I did like it. And the first one was I good. wasn't like uh, way into it to oh. the point where I was like, oh, oh the I, second I one was better. Caesar's a badass, dude. I love the dude. second one. Oh, my God. take your words for He's it. like the king of the so, apes. So he runs crap. So I'm going to definitely see Baby Driver because like Dave is really good at selling movies. And I think that this one, based on what I've read about it, based on Rotten Tomatoes, it's gotten like 95 yeah. plus it's on just, RT. It's just all around song. So I'm going to see it, but I'm sorry. Gotta see Apes first. Yep. Yeah. Gotta see Apes uh, first. Let's see. What else do we got uh, this summer? Uh, we I, have... Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Dunkirk. Oh, I oh, cannot wait for Dunkirk. That's one that yeah. I can't wait to see. Um, I hope yeah. we're not overhyping it, though, or that it's not been overhyped to us. So I think it's the, it's, uh, it's the battle at Dunkirk, which yep. involved, obviously, it's a World War II movie, but it involved the British it's, and the Belgians. It's the British but saving private random, Ryan, essentially. There's a, yes. there's a yeah. random group of um, people on ship that find right. This, right. this war zone. Yes. They want to help out. They So it's basically, uh, you're, like, I don't know if they're fishermen like or the, whatever, but they're, they're average citizens. They're not soldiers right. who end up going they're to try and help the people no. who right. are at the Battle of Dunkirk. Yeah. They're not equipped for it. They just go out and they right. basically join a war zone. And not to mention, this is a Christopher Nolan movie who, yep. again, I'm, I'm being a movie nerd, but, I mean, he made Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rise, oh. all of the Batman movies. He made The Prestige, uh, he's Inception. Amazing. He's amazing. The guy is, just doesn't make bad genius. movies. And he's got Tom Hardy in this. And Tom so Hardy, he's, he's bringing back Murphy Bane. both starring in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, he brings back guys that he's worked with before. He's worked with both of those guys. Yeah. That's what you gotta uh, do, though, if you wanna crush it. They're both in Inception and they're both in the Dark Knight movies. Right. And then I guess Spider-Man Homecoming supposedly good. My brother saw it. He gave it a good review. And then uh, I saw a preview for a horror movie called Flatliners, which looked disturbing as all hell. But, I mean, if you're into Can't horror. Can't wait to see that one, too. Yep. All right. Well, we got to get out of here. For Dave Pollard and Mark Lazelle, Amishi Sharma, these guys will see you next week. I'm in Nashville. Brian will be back. Lucky. I know. I'll see you guys in a couple weeks, though. Have fun. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.